Witch. I'm your host, Blue, a tarot reader, teacher, and witch, and you can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. Hey, Mystic Witches. It's your host, Blue. I'm hosting this one solo this week. I'm going to be talking about psychic cords and hexes and curses and how we kind of end up doing this accidentally. Uh, It is not that uncommon, actually. Um, Really, the way that it works is through the psychic cord that we have that connects each and every one of us when we have any kind of connection. Uh, Basically, the psychic cord, um, when it's a past life connection, uh, is very, very strong. It's difficult to fully cut that cord in a a working because it's been there most likely for multiple lifetimes. But like just focusing on this lifetime alone, uh, we don't have to have a past life connection with someone in order to have a psychic cord connection with them. In fact, like everything in metaphysics, it always comes back to energy. The, The synapse of a thought has a vibration. And that transmutes energy. And this is really like how the law of attraction works with your thoughts. Your high vibrational thoughts, such as excitement or hope, uh, those happiness even, those are high vibrational ways of thinking. Now, when you are putting that out into the universe, and this might not be super quantifiable, but when you're putting that out into the universe, You are then matching the vibration of high vibrational outcomes, okay? So when you are in a low vibration, uh, you know, just sadness, um, lack of faith, uh, you know, just like doubt, fear, anxiety, those are examples of low vibrational ways of thinking. And then you are then matching the lower vibrational outcomes, So the law of attraction states with energy, like attracts like, almost magnetically. It's a very, very privileged form of magic. So I don't want to come off as sounding ableist, because if you have some kind of chemical issue, you know, with mentally, if you have, you know, a disability, so to speak, this form of magic or form of attraction, this isn't going to work for you. This is, this is going to be a very difficult way of doing, of practicing magic. Um, however, if you are healthy and able to kind of psych yourself up instead of psyching yourself out, you have a much better chance of drawing those positive outcomes to you. 
So back to these synapse of thoughts. Uh, when a thought is of a person, any person, you are strengthening the energetic lines between the two of you. Any thought about that person is strengthening that cord. And then physical things that we put into action, a text or an argument, a snuggle or a doubt, even a doubt, everything that happens between you transfers to the energetic line between you. This connection has nothing at all to do with time. Rather, it's only relative to the chemistry you have together and how you each react to it. Stronger connections have stronger cords, therefore are harder to cut. Now, why am I talking about cutting those cords? Sometimes when there is a past life situation, you have past life karma or a past life job to do, um, something to clear with that person. Sometimes you are meant to do this work together, okay? But then other times this is some past life lesson that you have to now apply in this lifetime by letting that person go, by eliminating whatever those cords are between the two of you. And sometimes there's a lot of healing that goes along with this. This is out of my realm of capability. The long-term healing process for past life problems. That is something that's better dealt with with a past life healer, regression therapist, things of that nature. Um, I can recommend people, if anyone feels that they need this, we can do divination on it. I'm going to talk in a minute about diagnosis and why I always do that before I do any work. We could do a reading and see if it's something that is a quick fix. We can fix with maybe a quick bath or a quick candle. But if it's extensive and long-term work, it's out of my jurisdiction, okay? So just discussing uh, those past life connections um, this is this is why they're so intensely strong uh, between two souls. You know that 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 can linger, and it can seem like the suffering will never end. In the former situation, uh, though, it, it's just this in this realm in this lifetime. Um, it may temporarily seem as though you'll never get past the loss, but eventually you do, and you move on. Uh, and in that case, the an example would be you know, someone that isn't a past life connection is not a past life connection, but had a very strong hold, very strong connection, um, really good chemistry with each other. And it's just hard to let that person go. That's when you would work a cut and clear, uh, something that can be done really quickly, uh, very simple work, um, and just helps you to to sort of stop thinking about that person and sending out those messages. Uh, that's you know that's something that you can do to let them go. It kind of eases the the pain a little bit. It cuts the cord to a certain extent and clears those feelings. So you're not thinking about them quite as much. You're not reaching out to them. You're not lurking on their page, and it just makes that situation just a little bit easier to deal with emotionally. So it, it may seem temporarily that you'll never get past the loss, but eventually you do and you move on. And, and there is a visualization that you can do 
to speed things up a little bit. And I wanted to share that with you. So <clears throat> if you sit on the floor with your legs crossed and spine straight, or if you have bad circulation or, you know, you just don't feel comfortable on the floor, sit in a chair with both feet flat on the floor and spine straight if possible. Take a deep breath in through your nose, counting to four. Hold it in, counting to four. Then exhale through the mouth, counting to four. And hold it there, counting to four. Then you continue doing this over and over, just counting in, holding for four, counting out, holding for four. Visualize the white light coming down through your crown chakra, okay, all the way down through all of your chakras, through the root, sending that light through to cleanse all that residual energy of the intended person. You can use this light to cleanse your organs, your cells, push it through your fingertips and toes till it's penetrated all of you, and now there is a sphere of light around you. It's gone out, it's cleansed everything, and now it is also cleansing out your aura. Okay, just keep breathing through the exercise and hold that space. And when you feel comfortable to close it out, I like to choose a material to cap off the sphere, protecting your aura. I like to use a thin layer of opalite personally. I've had some clients that say they use feathers or chain mail, you know, <laughs> whatever feels safe and protective to you and it feels right. Trust your intuition. This will cut off visually in your mind, all outside energy, anything that is not yours. Okay, then you can slowly open your eyes and ease back into your day. And this exercise does take a little bit of practice and discipline, but if you stick with it, it can work surprisingly well. And the other thing about this exercise is that it can be used for pretty much any intention, just to cleanse your space, uh, to get rid of uh, someone with anxiety on your train <laughs> car. I mean, I've, I've used it for that before. Um, you can use it for a lot of different intentions, um, but it's a really good cleansing, quick thing. You can do it on the subway and no one will even know that you're doing it. If you don't live in New York, don't recommend closing your eyes in your car, but you can do it pretty much anywhere. Uh, now, doing this kind of exercise is really good to do it first before you try throwing some magic at it. It's really good to do that first. You want to give yourself some organic time to naturally feel these feelings and process them. It is a part of life. And as we spoke about in our previous episode with Tayana Lee McQuillar, we are supposed to be honest with ourselves about nature and that sometimes things are painful. Sometimes things are brutal and we have to experience that. It's part of our growth. It's part of our personal life challenges. Since when did it become so bad to be uncomfortable? Uncomfortable is just part of the work. And if you're running towards comfort, you're running away from the work. Okay? So I would say give yourself about six months. And if you haven't naturally been able to let go of the person, then it's time for a diagnosis. Basically, let's talk about diagnosis for just a minute. Why, why diagnose? Why not just throw the work at it? 
Well, <laughs> we have to make sure that it's the truth and you're not already just almost through it. Okay, you might just be right on the horizon and not even know it. Okay, and that we don't want to take that experience of the rebirth of the coming out on the other side, the light at the end of the tunnel. We don't want to take that away from you. You did the work yourself and that's monumental. Uh, we also have the, the, the situation where your spirits might not be on board. Your helping spirits, your guides, they may not be supportive of you doing this work. My spirits might not be on board. Karmically, there might be something that still needs to happen. We got to make sure and check in with the whole freaking universe before we just start throwing magic at stuff. I feel it's very important to diagnose uh, we're just going to make sure everybody's, you know, and then we also can see, we can also see what it is that we need. If there's more to this story than meets the eye, I can often listen to a story and, and hear certain key phrases and know that there's most likely past life connection with this person. There's certain key phrases that just kind of trigger it. And I like to verify if anyone who's had a reading with me knows that I am big on a confirmation card and then another one too. That's fine. Um, I feel as though confirmations are really important in this work and not valued nearly enough. So I would say any longer than six months is, is too long to be feeling the effects of a breakup, uh, in my personal opinion. The same as you did as it first happened. If you still feel the same way, but it's it's been already six months, you know, it, it's probably time to take a look at it. If you feel that you have allowed that time to pass and you don't have any results from the exercise uh, and just, you know, on your own doing the things that you need to do to change who you're inviting into your life, the vibration you're matching of who you are attracting into your life, that's probably part of the work too important, important stuff, uh, figuring out what lessons there were to learn, then, and only then, we can discuss working a cut and clear. Now, the cut and clear, usually uh, what I prescribe is a bath. Um, there are lots of different types of baths you can do. There are the herbal baths, which are basically brewed like a tea. You brew it as a tea uh, on, you know, on your stovetop, just like you would like a, any old cauldron work, right? And then you actually shower first, get yourself clean, then you wait till it cools, and then pour this herbal blend over yourself, okay? You drip dry, you do not towel off, you air dry, and you wear that herb on you for the day, those types of baths usually come in consecutive days, meaning you would take it on one day, then take it the next day, and then take it the following day. And threes are a very common number with spiritual baths. However, what I usually prescribe is more of a salt soak. Salt is great for banishing anyway. And now you're soaking in a dead sea salt mixed with herbs Okay, those herbs that were in the other bath that I just told you about are in this bath, but you are part of the brew now. 
You're soaking in water as hot as you can stand it. You soak for 20 minutes and you absorb all of that into your skin, into your body. And during that time, you're setting those intentions and every bit of work that you put into it on your own intuition adds to the strength of this work. Okay, you can create mantras in your mind, you can cite some poetry, you can say things with intensity or sing a song or just meditate. Whatever it is that you choose to do, it just strengthens this work. So afterwards, you can shower, you can clean yourself, you don't have to have a bunch of sticks and twigs in your hair. Not that you do when you do the herbal splash, when you do that herbal pour over bath. And those have very valid, very, very valid means. But for me personally, I stick to the salt, especially for banishing work. And cut and clear is a banishing job. Now, this has been mixed up on a certain day of the week, hour of the day, phase of the moon, according to its intention. And the herbs that were used pertain to this intention as well. And you do this bath once a week for three consecutive weeks because you carry that work with you, in my opinion, longer when you've set those intentions and soaked it in and you're you're really carrying that work and it kind of extends that process. It takes a little bit longer But in my opinion, it's less work for the client. Basically, I do all the work for them. (laughs) So all they really have to do is soak. If they want to create mantras and poems, that's up to them. But they don't don't need to do that. Uh, The Cut and Clear Spiritual Bath is formulated by certain phases of the moon. And that is done through extensive research. Um, You know, days of the week are ruled by different planets. Um, So it depends on the person's chart sometimes. Uh, Sometimes it's just what's going on with the moon phases. But a lot of the time I do work with the day of the week as well um, when they would take the bath. Now, hour of the day, I feel like that's a little too limiting. I definitely make the bath pertaining to the hour of the day that rules this work. But I don't expect my client to have that kind of time. We're busy in New York, especially everybody's hustling. No one has time like to set a certain time once a week for three weeks. I just, I can't expect that. We also have some oils in the components of the bath that pertain to this intention. And for the cut and clear specifically, there are nine ingredients that work together. And nine is also a very commonly used number in magic. Nine and three are my personal favorites, okay? I love those numbers. They work really well for this. And so you buy one bath, but there's actually three baths in there, okay? And it's a third of a cup, and you soak for 20 minutes once a week for three weeks. Spell work to get your life back on track should be affordable and not break the bank. So I keep my prices inexpensive, If you go to a reader and then they then tell you that, oh, you have this attached to you, these problems, you have to cut this cord and do this work, and it's going to cost you $3,000, this is a ripoff. 
This is always a ripoff. Unless this person is doing really clear work that they dissect for you in a spreadsheet, that's too much money. Unless that they are like showing you this is going to take like a whole year to, to perform. I'm going to be doing most of the work. You don't really have to do anything. But here's what I'm going to be doing on your behalf. Unless that's what's happening, that's way too much money. Okay. The, the cut and clear bath that I sell is three baths. So one bath is, is three baths for $20. And that's it. You're done. Hopefully. <laughs> that's not always the case. I do like to do follow-up readings with my clients just to make sure that it worked or to see if there's more work that needs to be done. And then, you know, you need to know and trust that your spiritual advisor is not going to rip you off. It's a really, it's a real thing. You know, readers, psychics in general have a bad reputation because there are people out there that will take your money and run. They will extort you for lots and lots of money. And you have to be you have to be careful. You have to be cautious about this. Be an informed consumer. Read Yelp reviews. Read my Yelp reviews. Read mine. Blue June Tarot. Go look at them. Read those reviews. Find out what other people have to say. If they don't have testimonials, they, you have no confirmation of any of their work. Okay, ask around, ask people, ask their community. What do you think of this person? Like, what? get the get the dirt. You can go get the dirt on me. Go for it. <laughs> I'd be very curious to hear what people have to say. Go find out who this person is before you spend exorbitant amount of money on them. Let's say the work isn't done. Let's say something comes to light in the follow-up reading. After diagnosis, after we work the spell, and then we see something in the follow-up session that we didn't see before. This is not unheard of, okay? Don't, don't immediately think that your spiritual advisor is trying to rip you off. You know, tarot has a way of showing us things uh, at, at certain intervals because we're, we weren't ready for it the first time or there was something that we had to do to uncover it, maybe the work made it so that we could see this more clearly. That is legitimate. That is a legitimate thing that can happen. At that point, let's say the work is more extensive and we have to do something for a whole month or a whole couple of months. There is no way on earth, and I probably don't have, I don't have the right to really say this because I cannot value another artist's work. I cannot value another spellworker's work. That's not up to me. But there's no way it should ever cost more than, say, five, $600 maximum. And that's like, if it's very extensive, taxing on the person who's doing the work, um, karmically maybe questionable, or, and, and, and is going to take you know, up to two months to complete. But I can't even imagine, I can't imagine ever charging somebody that much money. And it's worth that. I'm not saying it isn't worth that. It is. It is. However, you're trying to help people, right? Not rip people off. You're not trying to get rich. That never should be the main objective. It's all about the healing. 
It's about helping people. So, you know, you have to ask yourself why they're asking for this much money. Why are they asking for it? There might be a really good reason, but you have to investigate. Be an informed consumer. Question it. Cut and clear is one thing that you can work. Let's talk about the hex breaker. The hex breaker bath, hex is a little bit too strong of a word because this isn't for curses, you know, really intense, uh, like summonings. <laughs> it's not for that type of work. It really is mainly, the main focus is a jinx breaker or evil eye is even a better term for it. If I may borrow that term, uh, which is basically when it goes, takes us back to the synapse of thoughts and the psychic cord, the energetic cord that we send about and to people. Okay. So we have this ability to accidentally hex people and we do it way more than we realize, way more than we realize It's a negative way of thinking of someone so often that you're actually sending that energy directly to them. A hex breaker is great to work preemptively as protection. Um, It also is great to work when someone is just jealous or is doubtful and they're sending that energy to you. You're the one who's going to take the bath. Now, if you are the one sending that negative energy, which a lot of the time when someone thinks that they're being jinxed, it's them doing the jinxing. It's it's psychological. It's called projection. And we do it with lies. We do it with spiritual stuff, especially with spiritual stuff. Don't go just assuming that you're being hexed. This is an even more important reason to look at the diagnosis. A misperception of what is really going on is something we have to be very careful about in our work. If we don't look at it carefully and then assign carefully the correct working, it can have major consequences, massive consequences. And I'm not going to lie, I have made mistakes. Luckily, no one's ever been hurt And I was able to fix them, catch them and fix them before it turned into something devastating. This is not a perfect science. And anyone who tries to sell you a guarantee that it's going to work and it's going to happen by this time, I don't believe that. I don't believe that that is even possible. Timings in in metaphysical things are all subject to change as the client is the master of their own destiny always. And every decision that you make can shift the outcomes that we're looking at in a reading. Every single choice you make. What we are looking at is how everything is at this moment, how it's going to turn out if this, this, and this doesn't happen, basically. You are always in control of your own destiny. And also there is there needs to be an understanding that there is room for error. There is not such a thing as a master. You know, me personally... I've been practicing magic for only six years. I got very serious very quickly and fully immersed myself into this world right away. My It became my whole life, okay? But that doesn't mean that I'm super, super skilled. 
But let's say in 12 more years from now, I will tell you the same thing. And I hope that I always have enough humility to understand that there is always more to learn. And I will never fully master this. Not to mention the fact that when a doctor prescribes you, let's say, an antibiotic, do you think that they calculated exactly how much you need and then it's going to be the perfect amount? No, they give you a little bit extra just to make sure and then tell you to finish the prescription just to make sure. That's why. So thinking that, you know, that that's even a perfect science, any prescription is going to have some room for error. There is always room for error and always room to learn. And if you understand that when you're doing spell work, then you understand that there has to be a little bit of flexibility. And there is no guarantee. There isn't. And there will be mistakes. I will make many more mistakes. But luckily, I do this follow-up. I do the diagnosis. I make sure that we're taking care of this person in the best way possible. And that is why the follow-up reading is also very important. Honestly, it's not everything. You can't just come at a problem metaphysically. If someone intends you harm, you have to come at it in a physical realm mentality as well. You need to go take self-defense classes. You need to arm yourself with a weapon of some kind. If someone is coming at you in the physical realm, you can't just do magic to get rid of them. I'm sorry. But just like I'm not a therapist, it's the same thing. I'm not, I'm not qualified to make a diagnosis of your symptoms. What I am qualified to do is make a diagnosis of the metaphysical situation. Okay, so if you need to speak to your therapist, then you better pick up that phone and make a phone call. Okay, there is important parts of medicine. There is important parts of psychology and psychiatry that magic and psychics cannot cover. And that is really important to be aware of. However, these things are very, very helpful in navigating along with, working in tandem with those things in the physical realm. I just wanted to kind of give you guys some information that you may not have had before and help you understand a little bit more about why diagnosis is important, what a hex breaker is, and why that's helpful work what a cut and clear is for, and why that's helpful work. Also, why diagnosis and follow-ups are so very important. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for our very first submission in Supernatural Stories. Uh, but first, just a couple of quick little plugs. This is a great story, so stay tuned. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mystic Witch Podcast. And please email us at mysticwitchpodcast at gmail.com. We are also accepting submissions of spoopy stories. So tell us your scariest stories. Just send us over an email and we will be happy to feature it on the show.
our very first submission for Supernatural Stories, this segment on spoopy stories is from someone named Mark Williamson for the Glamour Magic episode a few weeks ago with Caitlin Foise. We posted a photo of a woman reaching into a mirror with a hand reaching back out. And he commented that he had this reminded him of a very scary moment in his childhood. So I asked him to submit for this segment. And so he did. And the story is, first, a little backstory. I'm 52 years old, and I have lived my entire life in West Tennessee. I was raised by my maternal grandparents. They took me in when I was a baby and raised me until my grandmother's death in December 1981 when I was 15. At that point, my dad and stepmother, my mother died when I was six, took me in. I've had a deep interest in the occult slash paranormal since I was very small, and even though my family was Christian, albeit non-church going, my grandparents, especially grandmother, encouraged my interests. She herself enjoyed reading the daily horoscopes in the newspaper and later even became interested in numerology when I brought home a book about it. Anyway, my story. One night, when I was about six or seven years old, I went to my grandfather's room to retrieve something from his wardrobe cabinet. I don't remember what it was I was after now, but the wardrobe itself was very old and large, and Granddaddy had owned it for years. I opened a drawer, and as soon as I started to reach in, a hand suddenly emerged up out of it and tried to grab me. I slammed the door shut and went screaming into the living room, yelling about what had happened. My grandfather, being somewhat amused, took me back into his room so I could show him where the incident occurred. I pointed at the drawer, and he opened it. Inside lay an old wood frame mirror. That's what you saw, he said. You saw the reflection of your hand when you started to reach in there. I immediately repeated the same movements I had made before to test this explanation. But the results were very different. For one thing, I had to stand slightly on tiptoe to see the mirror, which I hadn't done before. Also, the reflection of my hand was totally different. For one, it didn't come up out of the drawer above the edge like the one that I had first encountered. Think of the thing from the Adams family. That's what I first saw. For another thing, the hand that had tried to grab me was definitely larger than my reflection. I tried to explain all that to Granddaddy, but he wasn't having it. He still thought it was a case of misidentification which understandably a lot of people might think given the circumstances. However, I know what I saw. Something came through that mirror and tried to grab me. Who or what it was and why it picked me, I've never known. But it happened. And it was my first real encounter or experience with anything weird. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mark, for sharing that story with us. I would love to hear more stories. Let's all make sure that this week we are cleansing our mirrors and taking care of magical hygiene in our physical living spaces. Keep it safe, folks. And see you next time on Spoopy Stories.